everybody. Welcome to the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. We're your hosts, Nathan Cravat, Brian Edwards, and I'm JC Groves. Hey, JC. So good to be here with you tonight. Hey. Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm feeling very, very good tonight. <laughs> guys, it is so late. My stomach is like, grr. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. Oh, my oh, what in the world? That was some good saxophone music. You know, the funny thing is, I, I don't think very many people know what we're talking about. Should we let everybody in on this joke so they don't think we've just lost our minds? Yes, let them hear the nonsense. Roll the clip. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. You better, you better leave me alone right there. And I'm sick and tired of social media. All the little fairy boys going contemporary. Them women's got a masculine spirit and them men's got an effeminate spirit. They don't lift the trumpet to the mouth, they lift the saxophone. Do you notice notice Nebuch, do you notice the image of the beast over there in Daniel? And the band, the Antichrist band, there's everything in it but a trumpet. With no trumpet in it, had a cornet, which is a little trumpet with a mellow sound. No thank you. That ain't what pulled me out of hell. Not some little effeminate, Osteenish, mellow, muted, 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 mellow. I, I studied the blessed cornet. I studied it out. Muted, mellow, smaller, softer. It it was a blast it was a blast of a trumpet that pulled me out of hell blowed me into heaven washed me in the blood filled me with the Holy Ghost it is a trumpet not a cornet not a saxophone not a sack butt I don't know what that is but I'm pretty sure I'm not for that amen I ain't, even, I ain't even gonna study that. I'd just rather preach against it. What in the world is he even talking about? You know, he said that he's not going to study the sack butt, but I promise you there's a lot he hasn't studied. <laughs> he's full of hot air. He could play a cornet muted. <laughs> oh, man, the man. shouts that were going on in that place. Over that fluff, I'll just call it fluff. You know, camp meetings have fluff where it's not really like spiritual. You're just trying to stir everybody up. Right. I mean, that was straight fluff, not to mention when you say you're not even going to study something, that that's troubling. That would be what we call preaching clickbait. Yeah, but exactly. what, were they, what were they cheering for? Saxophones are up the devil. <laughs> and what did he mean it was a trumpet that saved his soul and washed him yeah. in the blood. I mean, was he listening to some Louis Armstrong? I mean, what what exactly was going on? 
it was a trumpet blast that blew him out of hell. That's what he said. I don't understand it. it it's so, so like a preacher that was yelling got him out of hell. Not a soft-spoken, oh, I figured it out. Not a soft-spoken fairy preacher that wears yoga pants like us. Yes, I get it. Yeah, so, uh, so loud preaching is what it takes for people to be saved. Not a clear presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You, you just need to scream loudly. If that's the case, then Bishop T.D. Jakes and men like that will have more converts in heaven than any of us could ever dream about. And it kind of undoes the Great Awakening. I mean, Jonathan Edwards, they said, stood up and read his sermon that sparked the Great Awakening, Sinners in the Hands mm. of an Angry God, read it at a very low monotone pace, and everybody just started repenting of their sins. I wonder if he would think that Edwards was a trumpet or a saxophone. He was the cornet. He was muted. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm going to be that so dumb. Well, years ago, I heard about, um, there was an old man who attended this church service revival, and the preacher got up, and he screamed, and he screamed, and he screamed. And as the old man was leaving the building, the preacher looked at him and said, what did you think about the message? And the old man said, well, a lot of wind, a lot of thunder, but no rain. <laughs> It's good. That's good, man. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about with the muting, the muted cornet. He studied that, the muted cornet. I tell you something that mutes smell is Free Life Soap. Mm, nice yes, transition does. to that. Free Life Soap is an incredible sponsor of the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. They've been muting smells on bad-smelling people for a long time. Miss McCribbin makes some of the best Parabon-free soap that you can get your hands on. They got beard oil. They got shave butter. You need to check them out today. Go to recoveringfundamentalist.org, click on the Free Life Soap tab, and use your promo code RFP and mute your smells today. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, you know what? Next week, around this time, we're getting on a plane to head to Vegas. No way. It is Dude. here. Yep. And it's sold out. Completely sold out. They have a waiting list. Yeah. It's amazing. Because, that I mean, hey, if a waiting list was ever going to be used, this, like, during COVID would be a good time to be on a waiting list. Because who knows who's going to get the COVID and can't make it to Vegas and those tickets come available. Well, you know, I have COVID right now. Yeah. Glad we're on Zoom. My whole family has COVID, mm. literally my whole family and everyone in our family. But how awesome is this? My quarantine ends Wednesday, so I'll be able to be completely in the free to make the trip to Vegas. And uh, I need all of our listeners and you guys to be praying that God keeps my case of COVID where it is now because... Yeah. I don't want anything to, to cause me to miss out on Vegas. Well, it definitely wouldn't be the same without you, Brian. So we're praying. I know our listeners are. I just don't know who would tell all the bad jokes if you're not there. So <laughs> we got to have you there. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be a good time. By the way, for those of you that don't know, that's actually JC loving you. That's as good as it ever gets. Thank you, JC. <laughs> I love you too. I love you, big boo. 
<laughs> Take that, Gene. Hey, we're going to jump into today's episode. We're talking about an interesting topic that I think is going to be one that's very close to a lot of people because we got called out again. What's new? This is probably our most common accusation. 100%. Today's title is Apostasy. Dun, Come dun, on. Dun. It's going to be good. Let's jump into it. Y'all ready? Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> that threw me off so bad. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Three. You know what makes women stupid is college. Jesus was not a bartender. High back. Two. You have lost your mind. Long tongue heifers have given me a lot more trouble than heifers wearing breeches. And you know that. Say amen right there. One. Let me tell you something, bozo. They'll be selling frosties in hell for this boy. Put on a pair of pink underwear. Amen. I sucked my thumb till I was 14 years of age. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Guys, this week has been really cool. Something that I knew was happening, but this week it was kind of brought to my attention that there are college students at Baptist, independent fundamental Baptist schools all over the country that are listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. I was reached out at about four times this week from four different students at four very predominant independent fundamental Baptist schools. And all four of them said there are students at our school listening to the podcast. And two of them said, I'll be honest, pretty sure everybody at the school is listening to the podcast. <laughs> How cool is that? That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And I especially appreciate those guys that get up and tell their student body not to listen. Yeah. Thank you for the listeners. Exactly. <laughs> How cool is it that college students are rebelling by getting on a gospel podcast and listening <laughs> to three pastors talk about the gospel and how much they love Jesus and how there's freedom in Christ and how it's not about a list of rules and regulations, but it's about a relationship with Jesus. Man, I love it. I hope my kids rebel like that. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> want to keep them away from that. I mean, you, you don't want them to hear like Mike and Jen Peters talking about the gospel, Clay Maynard talking about the gospel. You better make sure they don't hear that. And you definitely don't want them learning what expository preaching is. Oh, no, 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 not at all. I tell you what, as a college pastor myself, as my profession, man, this fires me up to know that there are students walking around Pensacola Christian College with their headphones in, listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. There's students at Crown College sitting in their dorm room or staying out until curfew so they can listen to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. We've got West Coast. Yeah. What, I wonder if there's anybody at Howells listening to us. I know for a fact there are people at Hiles listening to the RFP. <laughs> Let's too. just say there's people at Heartland, there's people at Golden State, there's people at Crown College, Carolina University, the former Tennessee Temple, shout out. <laughs> yeah, and there's also students from Vision that I'm sure that's listening to the podcast. 
And then we know that not even independent fundamental Baptist schools, Liberty University, TCU, Berry College, Shorter, there's a student at Georgia Southern who came to our college nights last night and said, hey, I like the podcast. It's like, shut up. That's awesome. That's awesome. Here's the real test. I wonder if there's anyone from Commonwealth that's listening to the podcast. There's no way that anybody from Commonwealth, if they are, I hope they reach out to us. Can I can I blow your mind? Do it. I had breakfast this morning at Waffle House in East Ridge with somebody from Commonwealth. No! Oh my gosh! I'm not going to say anymore. Not to be kidding. That is incredible. I'm not kidding. Well, you know that reminds me of uh, Fletcher Shaw, who was from Vision, and uh, he started listening to the podcast and just felt drawn to the gospel and away from the legalism. And he's been walking through all of that with his family and with former contacts and all of that. And Fletcher, man, he is just pursuing the heart of Jesus. I'm, I'm proud of that young man. So that's incredible. So we know that there are hundreds, if not thousands of college students that are listening to the RFP in their dorm room, in their car, driving and listening to it at a coffee shop because they're not allowed to listen to it on campus. Hey, we want to know who you are because you're part of the RFP fam. And so we are setting up, if you go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org, there's going to be a tab on there. Justin's going to be putting it on the website. It says college students click here. Click on there. Give us your information. We've got a gift just for you. College students only. It's just a simple form. Let's just know your name, where you go to school, your email. Because here's the other thing. We're doing some RFP meetups, and who knows? We may be coming to a university city near you real soon. How crazy would that be? The RFP pulls up, says, hey, we're doing a meetup at Starbucks in Pensacola. Come see your boys. (laughs) 2021 tour, baby. Oh, you never know where we're going to go. And I'm even going to learn a song on the saxophone for those (laughs) meetups. And I want to say this, hey, College students, if there is a demographic of our fans and our listeners that is my favorite, it's got to be you because I'm so hopeful for this generation. When everybody's calling Amen. the millennials and whatever Come this on. next generation is, a bunch of whatever they say, you know, you know the things they say about them. I'm so hopeful for the hearts because they say this generation wants something authentic. Go they ahead, want something it. real. They're tired of the fake and the yeah, games. Buddy. And I believe Jesus is calling you into a deeper relationship, out of religion, into a relationship with Jesus that's going to rock this world. And let me just go ahead and put a plug in here. As the college pastor at Connection College at Connection Church in Statesboro, Georgia, there's a great university called Georgia Southern University where you can come and get connected with a phenomenal ministry of college students. Come on down south to Statesboro. Come to Georgia Southern. We'll get you connected real quick. Well, guys, I think we can go ahead and jump into apostasy uh, off of the excitement of talking about all of these college students. You know, we know that we're frequently preached at, mm-hmm. but then on occasion, someone just calls us out by name. And we understand that that's going to happen. And I think all three of us are fine with that. Uh, we've been sure. accused of being soft. I think all three of us have incredibly thick skin. We can handle it. But recently, there was an accusation made after having called us by name, 
And it's an accusation we hear frequently, and that is that we are apostate. Hmm. And the preacher's name was Barry Goodman. Oh, Barry. Boys, preacher boys, listen to me. You run from recovering fundamentalists. You run from that podcast. That's just a bunch of folks that got rejected because they didn't follow the Bible, and all they're wanting to do is criticize folks that still believe that Bible. Amen. Recovering fundamentalists. I'm not even sure they're saved. Say, where'd you get that? My Bible said in 1 John 2 and 19, they went out from us, but had they been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. There's a lot. Amen. Somebody help me. What I'm talking about, they went out from us, but they've left the truth. And they just don't, they're not just happy leaving the truth. They want to criticize and obliterate those that still believe what they believed. Well, there it was, fellas. I want to thank Sawdust Trail Satire for posting that and tagging us in it. I tell you, looking through the uh, comments, I got down to where Jonathan Beasley said, I wonder how many young people looked up and started listening to Recovering Fundamentalist podcast after that sermon. Be curious, totally shooting themselves in the foot if they did. Did you notice their faces when he said, hey, y'all look up and when he mentioned the podcast, the guy sitting in the chairs behind him didn't even say amen. Like, I guarantee you they're all listening. (laughs) So I'm not sure what he's talking about. They went out from us. Guys, we believe the Bible. Every right. word. Every we word. preach the Bible. We are very conservative in how we preach the Bible. Yeah. And we all love the truth. I mean, the mm-hmm. reason we love the Bible is because it is absolute truth. It is the final authority. It is the sole arbiter of truth. We love the word of God. And I'll tell you straight up, my salvation is not based on Barry Goodman saying I'm not even saved. Amen. Amen to that. You know, I listened to a lot of his sermon, and I'm going to be kind and call it a sermon. (laughs) And over the course of his message, he began to preach the praises of Donald Trump. So Barry Goodman, I want to graciously say that you are an incredible hypocrite. Yeah. Donald Trump, his family uses alcohol, They don't attend church faithfully. They dress immodestly according to IFB standards. I mean, you just keep going down the list. And so he is going to refer to three Bible-believing, Jesus-loving, blood-proclaiming pastors and say, we're not saved, but Mm -hmm. he's going to trumpet the praises of Donald Trump, who lives opposite of everything an independent fundamental Baptist says they hold as a standard. That's hypocritical. Mm. Yep. In the comments, Julius Foxcroft said, demonizing the other side because you want your people to be terrified of leaving the IFB and their salvation being in question. They will be shunned if they leave. What Barry Goodman is doing right there is a scare tactic that we've been talking about for the last year on this podcast. It's scaring people with scripture to fit your narrative. I mean, in 55 seconds, he asked for and motioned for amens seven times. It kind of sounds like what he's selling there was a hard sell and nobody was buying. Yeah, not to mention he quoted the KJV wrong. It actually says Uh in 1 John 2, 19, they went out from us, 
but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. So first of all, he misquoted the King James. Hello. So would that be the equivalent of paraphrasing? I think so. That's the Goodman paraphrase. Wouldn't that be what Eugene Peterson did with the message? Coming out in 2021, the BGV, the Barry Goodman (laughs) version. I I like what Brian Bode from the Church Split podcast said when he was talking about him using that verse, 1 John 2.19 about us. He was like, couldn't that be what the Catholics say against the Baptist? (laughs) And the Southern Baptist could have said that about the Independent Baptist. Yeah. Yeah, but what the verse was actually talking about was people who were separating themselves from the true church of Jesus Christ because they were never a part of the true church of Jesus Christ. They had in them the equivalent of the spirit of Antichrist. Those people were never followers of Jesus in the first place. Yeah, context matters when you're preaching a sermon, when you're standing in, as they call it, the sacred desk, the sacred wooden pulpit, as Ezra commands for all independent Baptists to have. (laughs) The context should really matter in a sermon. And there is no possible way to twist what he's saying in 1 John 2.19 to mean people who leave a denomination yet still hold to the fundamentals of the faith. I mean, guys, that wasn't the only time that Goodman called us out using this passage of scripture. Back with Cody Zorn a few months ago, He said, we're going to start that recovering fundamentalist club. Check this clip out. And I look at these young men. EJ, where are you at? Hey, man, you younger folks. Jay, uh, what a blessing y'all are. I know there's hope. But they're going to come after you. They're going to try to sway you. They're going to drop because they want to live the way they want to live. And and then when their sin disqualifies them or gets them off course, They'll go and start a recovering fundamentalist club. I'm not even sure they were fundamental to start with. Because the Bible said in 1 John 2, 19, they went out from us because they were not of us. For had they been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. I want to say we're going to stay with the blood. We're going to stay with the preaching. We're going to stay with the old-time religion. We're going to stay with what will get the job done. Well, guys, you know, there's so much that's sad about that clip. First of all, it's sad that he's willing to preach Scripture blatantly out of context to advance an agenda. It's sad that people are willing to sit in the seats and cheer him on, literally saying things like, you're running well, that's good preaching. So here's what they're doing. They're praising misuse of the Scripture. Everything he just said about us is a lie, that we no longer believe the scripture, that we no longer love the blood of Christ. And and he made so many assumptions. First of all, everyone in the audience, including him, they had to assume that that verse referred to independent fundamental Baptist, that when John wrote that, he was writing about independent fundamental Baptist. They also had to assume that when a person leaves the Independent Fundamental Baptist Church, 
They're leaving the faith because the Independent Fundamental Baptist Church represents the faith. Guys, that is blatantly against the Word of God. Brian, we believe that the blood of Jesus Christ is what cleanses us from all sin. We all believe that. We all preach that. As a matter of fact, we all believe that that is our only hope, that there is no other way of salvation but through the blood of Christ that was shed for our sins. Amen. Absolutely. It's the cross and there is nothing else. None of us have a plan B. The cross is our plan A and that's it. And and so for someone to insinuate that we are not even in the faith, that we're not preaching the faith, that we're not promoting the faith, that we're not calling on people to believe in Jesus Christ and to repent of sin, and not only to repent of sin, but to reject their former way of life. John 8, Jesus said to the woman who was caught in adultery, go and sin no more. That's the message we preach. We're not telling people, hey, live into your sin and live into your indulgence. We believe that all sin is rebellion against God and all rebellion against God, God will hold you accountable for that. Uh, We're not enticing people with forbidden fruit. We're just leading them away from out-of-context preaching like what we just heard that binds Mm. them in legalistic chains. So guys, I think we really need to define what apostasy is. Apostasy is, is very serious. And I think a lot of people misunderstand it. Obviously, they do. But apostasy is when you completely and totally walk away from Christ. And that's, Mm. he's talking in 1 John 2, 19 of people that went out, meaning they're anti-Christ. They don't believe the gospel. They don't rejoice in Jesus. They don't love the word of God. They don't celebrate the truth of the gospel. They have rejected it. But he he makes it clear that they didn't lose their salvation, which is what a lot of people think apostasy is. He makes it clear in that passage. They went out from us because they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. So what he's saying is he's writing the book of 1 John to believers in the church And he wants them to know, he's writing it so that they can know that they're saved, that they're born again. And he's saying there are some people that you thought were in the faith, but they went out. He's saying they went out because they never were saved. They never were in the faith. And this is also addressed in Hebrews 6, 4 through 8. It says, for in the case of those who had once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away. It is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucify to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. For ground that drinks the rain, which often falls upon it, and brings forth vegetation useful to those for whose sake it is also tilled, receives a blessing from God, but if it yields thorns and thistles, it is worthless and close to being cursed, and it ends up being burned. So this passage says that there is a condition, (laughs) which is apostasy. And Mm -hmm. it's something that can't be repented of, and it's something that makes salvation impossible. 
And it's not saying there's a sin that is unforgivable. It is saying that they're rejecting the only thing that can save them. They've totally walked away from Christ. They've totally walked away from the blood, the sacrificial atonement for our sins, not believing the word of God. And it mentions that they have tasted. So they've had spiritual experiences. They've had great blessings, but they choose to walk away from that. And it, it even talks about experiencing the blessings of the Holy Spirit and being partakers. Uh, a lot of people think that automatically means that they're saved, but you can partake in the blessings of the Holy Spirit and be raised in a church and even be a preacher, even claim to know salvation, but totally walk away and reject. And, and John, again, the Bible harmonizes with itself John says in 1 John that they went out because they were not of us. And if we keep reading in in Hebrews, we're gonna see in Hebrews 10, 14, that we're told by one offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Hmm. So that's telling us that those who are saved, those who believed in the offering, He's perfected them for all time. So we have salvation. We possess salvation. And what 1 John is talking about is people that were never saved, that had great religious experiences. They were a part of a body of believers at one time, but they never experienced true saving faith. Nathan, the Apostle Paul also addressed this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 when he was dealing with the Lord's Supper. And he said this, but in following the instructions, I do not commend you because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you and I believe it in part. For there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry and another gets drunk. There were people among the church who didn't have any respect whatsoever for the Lord's Supper and the gravity of that and really just the heaviness of that because they weren't genuine. And and that's why at Hope Church, We use the language among the church, not in the church. I grew up hearing there are people in the church and they're living in adultery and there are people in the church and they're living in addiction and there are people in the church. No, there are a lot of people who are among the church, but they're not in the church. They're not genuine. That's good, Brian. I think when you look at Hebrews 3, uh, 14, it talks about how we've become partakers of Christ. And if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end, the key point there is the the tense of the verb, we have become partakers of Christ. Not we will become partakers and not we are now partakers, but we have become partakers of Christ. I mean, if we hold fast our assurance, in other words, perseverance in faith proves that you became a partaker in Christ, which means that if you don't persevere in faith, 
It does not show that you will fall out of partaking in Christ, but that you never became a partaker in Christ in the first place. Man. Amen to that. So JC, what you're saying is apostasy is not about losing your salvation, but it's about never having possessed salvation in the first place. Exactly. Yeah, people can claim to be Christians and not truly be a Christian. And that's the point. Everybody that claims to be a Christian is not a Christian. Jesus said in Matthew, there will be those at the judgment that say, Lord, Lord, did we not do all these wonderful things, cast out demons and do all these miracles in your name? And he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. I never knew you. Not I knew you for a while and then you lost your salvation. No, he said, depart from me. I never knew you. And think about this. That verse is one of the most sobering verses in all of scripture because these people are so convinced that they're saved, that they're arguing with God about their salvation. That's how deceived they were, yet they never had it. And the thing about that verse that's always gotten me, it wasn't about them knowing who he was. It was about him knowing who they were. Right, yeah. There are a lot of people who claim to know Jesus, but Jesus doesn't know them. And the proof of being known by him is a transformed life. Mm. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The question is not, are you a Christian? I think the way we need to approach salvation is Romans 8, 29. Are you being conformed into the image of God's son, Jesus? Because all of those who belong to him, the potter has us on the wheel and we're being conformed into his image. The clear teaching of scripture is that those who are truly saved are kept by Christ. He preserves us. He keeps us. He's going to finish the work that he started in us. And those who are truly saved, those who truly have partaken of Christ, like JC was talking about in Hebrews 3.14, they will continue to the end. They're not saved because they continue to the end. They continue to the end because they were saved already. Well, Nathan, before we wrap things up, um, I want to just share something that's really personal to me. Barry Goodman called us out. I want to call out Barry Goodman. I want to call out all of the people in the audience who were saying amen. I want to call out all of the pastors and the evangelists and the missionaries who were at that camp meeting shouting while he was preaching scripture blatantly out of context, Mm. for which we have proven that to be true. Mm. Mm. When God started calling me out of the IFB, I came one Sunday to uh, our church's building and stood in front of that audience that day, and I repented publicly of having preached Scripture out of context. I repented publicly for having misled them on things. I repented publicly for not studying in the way that I should. I repented publicly for preaching for an emotional response rather than for a spiritual response to truth. And so I want to call those men out. I stood publicly and repented in front of our congregation. And I've repented over and over and over again in front of multiple people for who I used to be and for how I used to preach. And so I want to call on those men to do the same because here's the thing. If you knowingly 
preach scripture out of context, you're no better than Paula White. You're no better than Kenneth Copeland. You're no Mm. better than any other false teacher or false prophet Mm. that we might want to name because you're weaponizing the scripture for your agenda and you're not preaching the truth of Christ. And Brian, isn't that what the devil did when he came to Adam and Eve in the garden? He twisted God's word. Yep. When he came to Jesus in the wilderness and tempted Jesus, he quoted scripture repeatedly. And Jesus rebuked him for it. So when you preach and take the word of God out of context, that's a big deal. I think there's, and I want to be gracious with this, guys. I I think all preachers do this unintentionally at times. I think we kind of miss exactly what the text was saying or we thought it was saying something. I think we all can be guilty of that, but to intentionally take a text and teach it to mean something that it does not mean and cannot mean, that's deceptive. And really, there's some very evil roots to that 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 come from a very <laughs> demonic place when you want to twist scripture, doing it intentionally. Very new what he was doing. He knows the context of that verse, yet he chose to come after us. Nathan, I like the response that you gave this week on Twitter to Mike Poindexter. He said, if you're a pastor who has stood on an issue for years, you preached it as doctrine and expected others to stand where you stood, causing them hardship if they didn't, but you changed before you lecture others who still stand there, humbly drop your apology letter and deliver it. And I loved your response. It was said, is a letter more powerful than standing in the pulpit and humbly admitting you added to God's word? And I believe that's what has happened in the IFB for so long. Now, we say every episode, there are guys that are independent fundamental Baptists that are preaching the truth, that are not doing this. But sadly, there are a lot that aren't. And they are preaching this garbage And we're calling that out, and it's got to change. You know the problem with preaching truth and why it was so difficult for me when I was making that transition? It just doesn't get that hyper-emotional that the good talking points generate. Mm. It just Mm. doesn't produce that. Because when people are receiving truth, they listen with spiritual ears, and they long to hear for the sake of, of growing in grace and truth and knowledge. And uh, you just don't get that in a sermon of one-liners where you're attempting to constantly pour gas on a fire. Yeah, Brian, you guys know I've been reading through the fundamentals of the faith, Mm -hmm. the, the original series that was released back in 1910 that sparked the whole fundamentalist movement. I'm doing some research and homework for Vegas. There's a little spoiler alert. And I'm over halfway through the entire series. It's 90 lectures or 90 sermons that were sent out to pastors, YMCAs, churches, Sunday school teachers. And one of the sermons I was reading this week, this guy's in New York City and he was on his way to see a Broadway show. And he was in line and he said he felt something leading him to leave. And so he walked down a couple alleys, ended up hearing some singing, ends up standing in this church. He said, I went in this church and it was a very humble, very not impressive, the music, the way they were doing. He said, I didn't even like what they were doing. He said, but I stayed in there. And he said, and at the end of the service, 
I left and he said, I probably wouldn't have ever come back. But the thing that got me back to the service was how loving the people were in that church. Hmm. They loved, they asked me questions. And one man asked me about my eternal soul. And he said, so I kept finding myself week after week being back in the same church. And he goes on telling this testimony and he says, the preaching was very unimpressive. He said there was nothing about what was going on. He said it was very mundane, reading from scripture, explaining scripture. And he said, and honestly, my flesh didn't really respond to that. He said, but I kept going back week after week. And one day through the common reading of God's word, my heart was open. My eyes were enlightened. God awakened my spirit. And I went down, bowed down, prayed and confessed my sins and received Christ as my savior. And he said, it wasn't some emotional response. It wasn't this fiery preaching. It was just the word of God. And going back to what Dean McNeese said in our intro, which was hilarious, by the way, going back to what he said, talking about us being soft. You know, there's nothing soft about the gospel. I don't care if somebody speaks it with a lisp. I don't care if somebody is not screaming. I don't care if somebody can't string together some emotional appeal that will bring shouts and applause from the crowd. If they're preaching the gospel, it is the gospel that is the power of God to salvation to everyone believes. Not the wisdom of men or the wit or the intellect or the funny stories or the scary stories. It's the power of God, it's the gospel. And I think one of the things we hear a lot over this last year is I just am having a hard time finding a church. We've left the IFB, but I don't know how to get into a new church. I know there's something that I'm looking for that's real, but I tend to judge everything. And what I've told those folks is, hey, you're liberated. And that that feels strange because we've been in this routine of being told what to do. It's uncomfortable. It feels unsafe. But as you learn to embrace the freedom from that bad theology, that bad teaching, if you will, that you begin to see the manipulation, the guilt tactics for what they really are. And it's in a way, it's almost brainwashing because it's coming at you. It's not the gospel that's presented like what you just talked about, Nathan. And I think what they are experiencing is absolutely normal. And it gets easier with time as they are leaving and pulling away from this teaching. I mean, that's why we call this podcast The Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. Brian, you've said it a hundred times. It's easier to get out of the IFB than it is to get the IFB out of you or legalism out of you. That is so true. And I think what we've got to develop is our own way of fellowshipping with people, of worshiping God on our own, of personal relationship with Christ apart from the IFB while remembering that we are free from that dangerous teaching, if you will. And as you do this, you're gonna gain a new perspective about who God really is and how your personal sanctification process is playing out. And I believe that's an incredible process, journey Mm. to find that freedom and to discover that freedom, to get away from man-made ideology into discovering the real truth. Amen to that. You know, Nathan, Uh, You guys know because you know me. Everyone who knows me knows that I love nature. Mm. And I love nature documentaries. I can watch them for hours. Well, this week, I watched a documentary uh, about a bird that's going extinct. It lives on the coastline of a jungle island. And what makes this bird unique is for a long period of time, the young can't go out and get food on their own. So the mother will come back 
And the, the chick just has to wait until the mother comes back and she regurgitates food for her young chick. And what I want to say is, since you've been reading all of those books from 1912, I can't wait until you regurgitate all of that for JC and I so we don't have to read all of those books. I want to thank you for reading that because there ain't a snowball's chance in Hades I'm ever going to read that. (laughs) I so admire you, my brother. Hey, it has been amazing. Like working through those books has opened my eyes to, one, the things that are included in it. And again, here's the spoiler alert, the things that are not included. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're reading that. And you know, I think what we find is there's been a real departure from fundamentalism. And in the fundamentalist movement, there's been a real departure away from preaching the word of God. And so you can call us recovering fundamentalist and you can say that in a derogatory way. But I'll tell you one thing you can never accuse any of us of, and that's not loving the word of God, yeah. loving the Christ who is the central theme of the Bible and wanting to spread the fame of his name in every way that we possibly can. Preach. And I'm looking forward to spending eternity in heaven with some of these guys that don't even think we're Christians. I want to see the look on their face when they see us there. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll notice that I'm assuming they're going to be there because I do think many of these guys are brothers in Christ. I think their lives have been changed by Jesus. I think they do believe the true gospel, but I think they've been distracted from the true message of the gospel. And ultimately, it's not up to us to decide if they are saved or not. Yep, it's up to the Lord. Jesus said, every man is answerable to his own master. Hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to the Recovering Fundamentalist live episode at the Idea Summit featuring Nathan Cravat. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> incredible. Me and Brian are going to be there just going, mm, that's good. Tell uh, us some more yes. old books. <laughs> I'm going to lay out some of the points and you guys are going to share your wisdom on it. Just send us a Google Doc and we'll just read it. <laughs> yeah, I've been working on some stuff. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Hey, so next Wednesday, we are going to be in Vegas. And so we have a special RFP episode for you. Be sure to tune back in next week. It's going to be a very special episode. And some people may be a little bit confused because we said we're recording a live episode That is going to happen, but we're not going to play it live. We will be playing it the following week. Right. So if you're at the Idea Summit, you're going to get to see JC, Nathan, and Brian behind the mic, and it's a whole nother level of the RFP. I'm I'm excited and terrified at the same time. (laughs) Right, Lord. It's going to be fun. Hey, check out our sponsor, Free Life Soap, by going to therecoveringfundamentalist.org. While you're there, if you are a college student, go ahead and fill out the tab, college students, click here. Give us all your information, and who knows? We may be coming to a city near you in 2021. Guys, this has been an incredible episode. I love you. Can't wait to see you. COVID-free in Vegas. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. Let's get on a plane and go, boys. Let's do it. Come on. Y'all have a good week. Be sweet. Peace. Let's go to Vegas!
Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your t-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast.